Hello, you are listening to The 11th Hour, a podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Mellencon from Debacle Records. And each week, sort of, we, we talk about some Rancid songs. Because we didn't just pick a song, we picked a couple songs. And uh, we're in our sort of winding down the podcast mode, our journey to the end, if you will. There's no way to do that and cover all our bases and not cover, not talk about arguably their two biggest songs. Probably their two biggest songs. I would say if you pick somebody like up off the street and said, like, do you know Rancid songs? These are the two songs they would probably know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about those and outcome the wolves, maybe a little bit in general, but the two songs are, well, I guess, Let's first talk about Time Bomb. Okay, so Time Bomb is, of course, on And Out Come the Wolves, which came out in August of 1995. The songwriting credits on this one are just Tim. And, um, of course, this album was produced by Jerry Finn and Time Bomb. Time Bomb. <laughs> so, one of the things that's, I, I think, it, that's, well, I don't even remember. Was this, I know this was a single. Did this come out pre-release? I don't, I don't believe so, because I think this is the second single. Okay. Well, what was the first? Roots Radical. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So I bring that up because, so this is, it's the fourth song on the record, I believe fourth or fifth. It's near the front. Yep. So if you just think about this in terms of rancid, this is the first time really most people heard them do like ska punk rancid became a thing. Like I remember listening to the record or I vaguely remember listening to the record for the first time and when this came out, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Because we hadn't heard this really before. Uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know. When did Brixton was on Rockstar's Kill? I don't remember. I don't know the time. Well, I think the one that we've identified as being like a canonically before this is um, I Want to Riot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had debuted before this on whatever, like uh, the original, original I Want to Riot, which ended yeah. up also on... He was in Butthead, but I don't think that's the one that, that was predates right. this. Which I don't know if I had honestly, if I'd heard it before I heard it. Uh, yeah, so, I'm certain I didn't. So Yeah, yeah I, I don't like, think I had either. So, th- I mean, and I think that's probably true for the vast majority of people. And yes. I think this is the vast majority of people's exposure. Introduction to Ransom, to Ransom period. Yeah, uh, Roots was big, but not very big. And yeah. then this is the one with like the video that really hit it off. And it was uh, the one thing I did pull with a little bit of research was this was the highest charting and continues to be the highest charting song in their oh. uh, initial charting. I think it maybe had lost out to Ruby over time, but the first week it hit eight. And so that's in, in like heat seekers, wow. not like all overall eight, but. But, you know, like like kind of the new, you know, when the, they have that list for like new songs, it was number eight. Mm-hmm. So, which is pretty wild, you know. 
Yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember. I remember it being all over MTV, like constantly. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was everywhere, and it's. I think if you say like the guy from Rancid, they think of this as like they think of Tim in this video. You know what I mean? Like Tim's mohawk in this video. You know what I mean? Like, yep, hundred percent. And yeah, so with this thing, like I think about, I don't know, I think about it must have been the Daily City Train episode. Maybe we kind of we mm-hmm. we ranked the ska songs on this record, and we asked people's input too. I think because I think we got mm-hmm. a lot of responses on Instagram, and I think just about everybody put this one last of the three. And I challenge that a little bit. Yes, that absolutely. Saying that I think it, you know, there's a little bit of fandom coming in there. I was saying that you're so used to this song that you're, it's, you're right. a little over it when you say that. And I think that's true because, like, going back and listening to it this this week, it it's I, I like it. I mean, I I never disliked it. I liked it more than I remembered liking it. I do think that the the kind of one of the big differences compared not to just compare this all to the other songs is like so like old friend is like super emo super personal yeah daily city train is a story about a guy but it feels a lot more personal this feels more like just a story about a guy i actually finally but was listening to that that um that ringer episode about rancid did you ever feel like you understood what this was about by the way like am i just now catching up to what this is about um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was about, um, let's go. No, let's go. No, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I feel like if I, I feel like I did, but like, I can't like come up with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it obviously it. seems like somebody who's, you know, going through some stuff and maybe like was gonna, uh, a young kid involved in some sort of crime and was, you know, kind of heat seeking in some way towards bad things, but that was about right. it. That specifically the description with the black shoes, black hat, Cadillac, you know, and all that. I guess it was uh, somebody that he had spent time with in the youth authority home when he was getting that year he was getting sober before like Ransom started. You know, that uh, Matt was like, you got to get sober. Uh-huh. There was a kid who was really young who was like obviously going off to be, you know, who was getting sober, but like was going to fall back in with the gangs and whatnot, but he had this like very distinctive style and he thought he was pretty impressed by that. In that same classic, like Tim being kind of weirdly impressed and also kind of tisking, you know, the, the, the evils of crime, you know, that he he does. (laughs) Um, That's the, the core story of like, he just kind of latched onto that one detail that this guy had a very specific style. And then it kind of also, to me, that's like you listen to it kind of generically, it kind of has that like, no, oh, these are kind of signifiers of third wave ska. You know, I've always heard it in my head. It's kind of like, oh, you're describing the the accoutrement of like or second wave ska. I mean, but um, you know, kind of the British skyisms of, but it's it's just right. specifically supposedly based. You know, this the second yeah. third hand account supposedly. I couldn't find anything backing this up. But, you know, Google stopped being a useful right. tool for searching things like five years ago. But um, <laughs> shocking. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, and so the, she, she, you know, was saying that the host of that, that podcast was saying that. And that did trigger something in my memory of like a, an interview I read. And so it was kind of interesting. But it is that classic thing of like Tim just kind of has a quick profile of a person in his life. And he just kind of goes. 
yep, I'm going to swipe that. Right. But not give you a lot there, but it's evocative and interesting. And it's like that mixture of, is that good? Is that bad? Do I like that? Do I hate that? You know, like you can kind right. of never tell. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I mean that, yeah, I don't know. It's it, this always felt more generic to me in a way. I mean, like obviously there's specifics in it, but yeah. it just felt like a, and, and, and I think to me, like why daily city train landed better or whatever than this did for me is because like daily city train really feels like, like, you know, this, like Jackal is this guy that they know, like, well, like a friend, it's more flesh, like yeah, actual, it's like yeah. a lot more fleshed out. Um, yeah. and, and which makes sense. This is some, you know, I mean, this, I don't know. Yeah. I do think that's, you know, I think it's a good segue into talking about how, like, I mean, we've talked about it, it, Tim's use of people's stories and how, like where the line is of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the answer, clearly. <laughs> I, I do think yeah, that's really, yeah. It, it's a tough thing. I mean, like, I, it's not like he invented it. So, like, we, it's weird for right. us to get. It, I do find it interesting how much this podcast had made me, like, reflect on that thing of telling somebody else's story through your thing. It's suddenly, like... It, it, I don't know why that's suddenly kind of a little bit more iffy to me, where in the past it maybe wouldn't have been. Right. I, uh, it's probably absolutely fine, <laughs> but it's just, it is right. kind of interesting. Like, it's it's the same thing as, like, you know, actors can be actors, and they, like, they're telling somebody else. Like, it's part of the arts is kind of, right, putting, you know, for sure. repeating stories and and you find art in the world and, you know, that gets totally fine. But like, there is this sort of Tim really likes trauma and tragic figures. And you do kind of go, well, there's this really long chain of tragic figures. And, and maybe in his mind, he's like, well, I'm, I'm putting those tragic figures to art. And so they're preserved in some ways as both, nice portraits yeah. of them and also sort of tragic, like you're kind of learning from them. But there's also this chain of like, how many of those people are alive? How many of those people are happy? How many, people, you know, like while Tim is probably pretty, it's definitely alive and pretty happy, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, yeah. But you know, <laughs> he himself right. had some trauma and you know, all these things. So it's not like he's without, without empathy. Sure. He, like, I think he, he at least thinks he's writing from a place of empathy. And I think that's why we res it resonates with us. Um, and he's really good at take, about taking, you know, the one thing you can say about Tim is at his best, he takes little slices of people and it, it's very evocative and interesting and makes a really nice, like takes very little mm -hmm. and does a lot with it. You know, like the, just right. like the black shoes, black hat Cadillac. Like, it's like, if somebody like described that to you, you'd be like, really? <laughs> like, that's going to be the whole song. Um, before the time bomb, you know, like, like, is that a whole idea there? And it's like, yeah, that seems to be a whole idea there. You know, um, not a hundred percent sure it even is a whole idea, but it kind of, it, it works, you know? And yeah, so, right. I don't know. It's not, it's not the end of the world. It seems to, it seems to work. So seems to be okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I, I find that really fascinating. That this is about like an actual, suppose like, again, all supposedly, of it, yeah, but, yeah. And that's just, I don't know, it just makes me wonder, too, like, how, why does this land so differently than Daily City Train? Like, I know why Old Friend hits yeah. different, because it's, you know, it just does. It's, I mean, it's, he's, it's him singing about himself. It's so personal, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, 
knowing that this and Daily City Train are sort of ostensibly the same, like the same thing in a way. I mean, about it's some. True. And yeah, I, guess, I mean, I mean there part is of it is just like some distance. Yeah, for sure. Like there's there's a distance to 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 this and, and Daily City Train. Are yeah, also songs are different. Yeah. This also is more celebratory for the yeah. fact that it's kind of sad. Like you're like, oh, this guy's gonna go. It's it's a bummer of like watch this kid ascend into this world of crime is like I think like the gist of it, right? Like a new king is crowned, you know, at the end. And right. And 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 that's sort of like it's a bummer, but it's kind of the double-edged sort of crime, you know, getting deeper into it, like um gangs and things like that. Versus like Jackal's just kind of ruining himself, you know, and, and going off into the yeah. distance. Yeah. And that's a that's a different that's the that's that's addiction, right? Jackal has had the feeling of addiction, you know, and so or that's how I read it, at least, you know, it seems certainly right, like that. Sure. So one thing we didn't talk about, which I I never claim to be uh qualified to be host this podcast. <laughs> Let's say that really clearly at the <laughs> end of this podcast. But holy shit. Yeah. I am such a dumbass. I not once in my life, probably just because it all flows over me, and I'm just like, yeah, Tim, I've ever put it together that the beginning of the song is the beginning of Motorcycle Ride. Did you ever put that together, that the intro lyrics are the same? No. What? Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a minute here. Okay, well, yeah, I'm going to look this up here. Um, you can talk while I'm doing this. <laughs> If you I think said I, that this is less no no we, I, let's just listen to you Google things you're like yeah I know that lyric and then you're like I know that lyric but you never in your life I just have never put it together that they're the same wait what the fuck I'm so confused now <laughs> I'm like <laughs> you're like I, I know can't <laughs> and and yeah, I like, can't I even hear it on like. <laughs> But, like, I can't even imagine it in mo- motorcycle riding now. Like, I'm trying to hear the melody, and I can't fuck it, because all you can hear is the time bomb. Like, yeah. you want to make a move. Yeah. I'm like, how does motorcycle ride go? Jesus Christ. But, well, yeah, motorcycle ride's way, like, way more aggressive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That's fuck. Like, not even the just whole, the, like, the whole verse. Is- the whole first verse. Is the same on motorcycle ride in this? Holy shit! No, I'm we're fucking idiots. We we're the, did we ever do? A, we never did a motorcycle ride episode, did we? <laughs> I don't think we did. Yeah, maybe we would've, it would have come up then. I th- God, I'm I am at the point where I, I have shit. no idea what we've done and we haven't done. Um. Yeah. So that's wild, right? What? That's really wild. And the thing that I wish. Uh, this would be a good one for somebody to send in, though. I think we're going to be past that point when this episode comes in. Is it must have been that he was playing that with like some upstrokes, you know, like he was playing that halftime or off to- offbeat? Because I bet they have the same, they're like in the same key or something. You know what I mean? Like it has to be. He was like, oh, I really like how this that lyric fits into how I was playing this, and he's like, oh, I could write a whole song around that. There's no way that that's like. I write this whole time time bomb song and then I go, Oh, I could use the lyrics from the, like it has to come from that. It had, that has to be the starting point. Right. 
It has to be he was like singing that song to himself, playing the guitar in a weird way, and then going, oh, there's a ska song in here. And it's from the song, it's from the album previous. It's not even like, oh, I'm right. going to I mean, that's it. the thing. Uh, yeah, like, uh, like this was how like far apart were they working on these things? <laughs> these were like, I bet it's less than, I bet it's less than a year apart. Like, he must have yeah. really just liked that lyric or, or like, again, you really can just <laughs> see him like strumming the guitar and going, oh, that fits here. Oh, I was just singing. It. And then like, I, again, I need somebody to be like, yeah, those are in the same key. You know, like those are the same chord progressions. You know, that's a one, right. four, five, two progression, you know, like, <laughs> and um, that, yeah, they fit together. And so he probably was jamming one and then realized he could make a ska song out of that, that, that chord progression in those lyrics, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had the experience, like, writing, I mean, this is back when I used to write songs that <laughs> were, you know, songs, um, <laughs> where as I was, like, trying to, like, developing a melody, I would just sing lyrics to something, like, you know, just so I didn't have to think yeah. of lyrics. Or and I can totally imagine just, like, they've got this thing, you're trying to develop the melody or whatever, and it just starts singing those, and it's like, oh, that works, fuck it, let's just do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, totally. I, yeah, that's 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 fucking bananas. It's like, <laughs> and not. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was you know similar or like yeah, part of, but way. it's like word for word. You just lifted your fucking. I mean, it's your song. Do it. You know, both of them are your song. song. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, but like, and the uh, fact that like, I think the fact that they're so different, but like, you're just used to hearing him say those lyrics. You're like. Yeah, that's that song where he sings those lyrics. Like, there's something about, like, that's, like, camouflaged in my brain that I wouldn't even pick up that they're the same song or the same lyrics. I, right, like, no. Like, it's I, like Tim sings that been song. been listening to this shit for yeah. 30 years and I never picked up on this. <laughs> I know. How did you figure oh, it out? It was, like, it was on a wiki or something. It was, it was uh, oh, I think I think, oh, okay. I think I first heard about it on that ranted pod that i finally listened to the, the ringer does a band's name or oh, whatever yeah she mentioned it. i was like really and then i didn't go back and look and then i was also on the wikipedia and I, so i was like uh <laughs> i was like well, hold on this wow. is the second time i've heard this is this real and then it was the whole fucking verse so wow yeah anyways <laughs> yeah so the the other thing that's crazy about this so thinking about this well before we talk about the sound of this, I have a couple points around the sound of this song. The the other thing to talk about with this song is Tim has like adopted this song as his song. Like he knows that this is the most, probably the most iconic song for him. Um, this is why they think of Rancid as a ska punk band. They, this is why people think of him. This and so and he knows that it works with his his name and so like to a lot of people he is tim time bomb you know what i mean like he is it's not right. Tim and time bomb armstrong you know like it, it works you know so like he he identifies pretty strongly with this obviously so like there's a part of me that's like wow that's really like <laughs> playing the oldies you know playing the hits uh you know just like right. the guy, right, time bomb. i hope you don't forget that you know yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, in case yeah, in case it's not clear, <laughs> look at the back of my jacket. Yeah, exactly. This guy, you know, he's just pointed to the who time bomb. This yeah, guy. Exactly. <laughs> it feels a little bit like that. Yeah, I mean, 
it is, I didn't remember when he adopted the whole Tim Time Bomb persona or whatever, just started using it. And it was, I don't know. It, it just, it still makes me laugh. It just, it's so, yeah, it's so like state fair touring yes. circuit or something like that. <laughs> which maybe in a few years, that's going to be it. That's, that's, which, Hey, you can make good money doing that. I'm sure. So hey, no I'm, I'm all for it. And also like, it has that, that hint of the fact that he wishes he was like living in a time where he could be just like a carnival barker. Like, well, you know, that was also a thing with a lot of those punk bands. They had, you know, yeah. like Ben Weasel and yeah. like yeah. the, and so you can't really be, I'm Tim Rancid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you could be a Ramon but, in the way that he can't be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, and so it, Tim time. Yeah. It's Tim time bomb and Lars. Viking man. Yeah, exactly. That's what he wishes. He could. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. I thought you said lion King man. <laughs> <laughs> Lars lion King. No, that's we'll just call him Simba. Okay. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> The, the the two uh, things that, you know, I think everybody thinks of the song as that initial hit, that boom, you know, like that, just say, it's like, it just boom, comes in boom, so boom, 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 boom. Okay. and it's those big drum hits. It's so big. It's got so much production value. You got that Jerry Finn sound, you know, this is nineties to the max. And, you know, this, this album, we could talk about the album a little bit. Like, this is kind of like, you know, more and more we're hearing about like they had, no time to record this. Jerry Finn was going to, you know, maybe it was like Wallace was going to master something. So, but they only had like the week ahead. So they like ran off and did all the vocals with Brett. Um, you know, Finn was done and like he was moving on to the Jawbreaker record and they had to do yeah. the, the uh, vocals with Brett all in one week. And that's why all the, the lyrics just came out real fast. And we, we wonder whether or not that's part of the magic of the record. And, and I think it was uh, Andy Wall. They were slotted for Andy Wallace, but Andy Wallace in '93, '94. I mean, was that's the, he, that's peak. He was the, the guy. guy, you know. He he had sweetened Nirvana, and so now he was the guy, you know. And and you know, he was the mastering engineer for the '90s, and so they they were up rocking a hard place. And then so they created this tension in this record that you can hear. Um, it sounds really big, but what's funny is past that big initial hit. This song is really thin and tinny. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was listening to the rest of that song. It is the most... Am I correct in saying this? Do you feel this? agree with this? This is the most rancid has ever sounded like Op Ivy. Like, sonically. Yeah, no, I... I, You know what I mean? Like, once you get past the intro... It is, yeah, that boom, 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 that whole thing, yes. I mean, I think it's... Like, every time they do that progression... It doesn't, but everything It's really else. interesting, yeah, when you think when you think about like there's so many things about this song that color our perception of Rancid and they aren't and none of it's really true. Yeah. In like the sense that people think of Rancid as a ska punk band because this is what their biggest song. But they weren't really. They sometimes did, but they weren't and then people think of like that this is sound as this like big production, you know something else but it is it is so it is it's like i i can hear jesse singing this 100 like, like i was really thinking about how much it sounded like a sped up take warning or something like it, it, it yeah 
it, it's got that talky kind of like that lazy talking thing that they would do over like just Matt and Tim kind of jamming, you know, like that's, it has that vibe. Yeah. I think, I think the, the big hits and the, I mean, the chorus kind of like, because the gang vocals, there, sort of, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Like the op Ivy never had like a gang vocal of that. Like extent. They, they couldn't ever get to that point. Right. They couldn't even record that right. well, you know, Right, right. Um, but I do, but yeah, I do think, especially like when you think about the like timbre, the the, the guitar on the yeah. verses it, and stuff. It feels like yeah. he's playing that old, um, you know, he's not playing a hollow body. It almost sounds like he's playing the, um, what is the fucking guitar he played? The white guitar he played in, in Op Ivy, right? Like it kind of sounds uh, like it, right? Like yeah. it's got that thinner string, you know, kind of sound you you wonder if he's like oh if i'm gonna play a scott song i should play the op i guitar you know what i mean like you know he has it right. he still has it he shows it off you know what i mean like so like but it's interesting because i don't feel like old friend and daily city train have like they don't have that quality i don't think it I, maybe they do and we're like we're telling a story well, ourselves, yeah. but like i don't perceive it that way yeah i don't i definitely don't and, and, it. and who knows maybe and you know whatever the chronology it's like maybe this was the first one of the ska songs that came about and it was like well i'm gonna go to what i know and yes. then you know, who knows like there's so many possibilities but i know i totally you agree wonder with if you it's that. a riff that he's had for a while too you wonder if it's like <laughs> yeah. god you wonder if this is a riff he had in that intro that he had and it preceded micro like a microsoft ride no motorcycle ride <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how i'm gonna that's my next album microsoft this is Lars Lion King and Microsoft Ride. <laughs> I'm having just a stroke, just this whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. That's why we're ending it. Yeah, exactly. I can't do this anymore, guys. Uh, we can't talk anymore. It's fucked. It's over. But yeah, like. Yeah. No, but I think that's a really good point. And I think it, like a lot of things on this album, it stands alone in the discography. Like it does not, as much as we're like, oh, I love, like when you listen to Outcome of the World, you're like, God, it's hard to fucking beat this album. You know, like I, I put it on just to listen to the span between the two songs that we're, we're talking about today. And he was just like, mm-hmm. this album is really <laughs> like fucking, fucking good. Banger and, after and, banger. And you do a little bit of Googling and then you're reminded of all of the reasons that I fucking hate this band. And you're just like, yeah, but like this album's really good. But like, fuck these guys. And like these songs mean so much to me. And like, it's all the, the stuff I, I tie myself in knots every time we have a podcast. And it's like, why I can't keep doing this podcast? Because I get tired of having that conversation, right? But it's like... Right. It's also really weird because in the total, like, <laughs> oeuvre, like, if you say you're a Rancid fan, and you're like, what are your favorite Rancid songs? Well, I love Time Bomb, I love Ruby Soho, and I love Old Friend, and I love Journey of the Indians, but you're like, cool, but that has nothing to do with fucking Rancid. Like, it's like, it's... It's like a different fucking band. Like it's a very weird thing. I like, like, like if you were stacking up all of the rancid by volume, most of it doesn't sound like this album. Right. Well, and there's yeah, and there's way more bad rancid than there is good rancid. <laughs> yeah, I for feel sure. like like one hundred percent that. But like most of it doesn't even sound like this. Right. No. The only yeah. the only times they ever came close to sounding like this, it sounds like a like shitty knockoff band trying to do, you know. And I would like contend it doesn't even like sonically come close. No. Like, like, like every, it, it, I, they don't they don't get the like I don't think most people understand the lessons of this this album at all. 
I don't know. I don't think they understand the lessons of this. (laughs) Also, I think that's why I love Let Me Go so much. I think Let Me Go has a bigness and a sharpness that this record has that almost no, not even Life Won't Wait has. I think I totally agree with that. I think that, I mean, this is whole like this is like alternate universe shit. Just like we're just like getting like right, yarn whatever. Out but like, like there is a, <laughs> there is a timeline out there that we are not on, where yes. the progression from Outcome the Wolves is like an album built around shit like Let Me Go. Yeah, hundred. Because I totally agree that Let Me Go learn is the one time they learn the lessons. From this album. I think it sounds more like these two songs we're talking about today than most things. Mm-hmm. I, I Plus a little bit of progressivism. Like, it's actually right. progressing. Like, exactly. what more can we do with this? I think a lot of, like, I totally agree that life won't wait. It's it's just like, oh, it's, I, I there's, it's great and I love it. But it is, there is not a much of a connection to this record. And they're like two... Different bands. Yeah, uh, it, it's so much warmer and bigger and and more like big arena rock. It's got this whole and and a lot. It all they're like. Um, it's almost like I don't know. I think I'm I'm really going off the fucking chain here, but like, sorry, <laughs> like, but it is it is a warmer sound. It is a big sound. It is yeah. a stadium sound. It's a reggae sound, and it's and it's rockabilly and reggae combining. This is like hardcore and like minor threat and clash and like all these kind of sharper sounds, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Combining and very emotional and very like pushed to the edge. They're very on the edge on this whole record. Yep. You know what I mean? And they got the oi thing, the really heavy oi, which does kind of go into life one way a little bit. And there's something that like, they never touch it again. And I think in their minds, they're like, I don't understand the difference. We're always doing this. And they're like, no, you became a rock and roll band after this. You know what I mean? Like you, you did a couple other things, but like you mostly like devolved into a rock and roll band and you lost all that, that post-punk and like all that stuff kind of like melted out. And you had a couple moments when you, when you stopped embracing the fact that (laughs) I think Matt was like, I really like playing rockabilly, you know, and like, it's hard when you're within sections only can play rockabilly, you know what I mean? Like he played rockabilly really fast and loose and in a cool way, but like he wanted to play rockabilly, you know? And so it's like, maybe it's like, you know, the, the combination of stuff just is the combination of stuff that you have, but I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, we're on a whole tangent, but like, let me go is really, it really, really reminded me how much, let me go recaptured the sharp power yeah. that Rancid can do when they're really on one for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's why like, it's the only yeah, fucking no. Rancid seven inch I own, you know, like is because you know, like, <laughs> I still just think that there's something, some hidden beauty to let me go. You know, that is, that is, yeah, it's the reason I like them. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. I think that's good, probably good on time bomb. Yeah, I guess we should. Uh, yeah, I guess we should move on and talk about Ruby Soho. So yeah, Ruby Soho. Ruby. 
Ruby Ruby Soho. <laughs> so this is always an interesting debate in my head because I don't actually have, about you know I I agree that well I don't know I, you know I Time Bomb versus Ruby Soho. It's like I don't know. I have no idea which is like for me personally. Ruby Soho is the biggest hit. The biggest song, the biggest, the one, I, I feel like it's had more staying power. Yeah. Not to like blow the, like the, not to like end before we get going, but like, is it as simple as like, in my mind, it's like time bombs, the introduction time bombs, the like entrance. It's the candy. It's the easy calories. <laughs> and Ruby's like, but we also have a little bit of soul. Yeah. You know, like we've got this like deeper, sadder side and listen to my voice crack and like, we'll go a little halftime here and little last chance for a slow dance sort of vibe to Ruby. You know what I mean? Like that's yes. And it kind of, <laughs> sorry, last chance is slow dance. That's and it, those yeah. are the two sides. Like one is the, but you know, it kind of does that like breakdown, 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 big again. You know, like you know, mm-hmm. they play with dynamics more in this one. And like Time Mom is like, oh shit, this is a fun band, yeah, like, big pop hit. And then Ruby's like, oh, this is the like, you know, like meaningful, this is their big old big, yeah emo side. Like this is they're in their feelings. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's a lot more. Like, ooh, this one feels like, gives you feels, especially, it, like, it's, I think it's, like, a heat-seeking missile towards mm-hmm. emotional teenagers. Absolutely, yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Yeah, there's so much of it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, this is what, when you are a teenager, it's like, this is what you imagined as this, um, especially people who are listening to Rancid, like, oh, yeah, this is your, like, this is love story into adulthood and going off and leaving and all that that mm-hmm. this is what it feels like and you're probably 14 and you're sitting in your basement you know what i mean you're probably not actually but that bittersweet feeling is what you want to feel all the time you know at least i did when i was a teenager i i wanted i like put it in my veins you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah and and i mean to that point like i mean tim nails it Oh yeah, like he, he, yes. I mean, the lyric, like the story is, you could it could have been written by like a fucking like Hollywood scriptwriter, man. Like it is that, like you know, it's like the spec is like oh, you know, like rock and roll band, like girlfriend doesn't understand, they got to go their own, you know, yeah, separate ways, sad, blah, blah, blah. yeah. I don't and and I mean, it's just. Any, I'm I'm a sucker for a song that like like the repetition of Ruby 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 so like repeating things like I'm a big fan yeah. I'm a big fan of like especially when it's like a na 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 thing and done well but like I was gonna say it's basically a na 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 but it's like their own it has a right, little bit more meaning which is right? right which is even more impressive because it's like yeah it's a good call yeah good call yeah. And then, I mean, and just the fright, like destination unknown. I mean, come on, that is like I mean, that's yeah, every that's teenager's T-shirt. Like, like, oh yeah. I mean, you're just like you're like <laughs> fucking. Let's you know get in a shopping cart and go down a fucking hill. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it's it's all those feelings all at once. You know, and it's and and it's and and I mean when it breaks in the bridge, time time to say goodbye, and then the best fucking Brett Reed oh, drum cracks yes. you can think of. 
I mean, like, I actually, like, I think I, I pick this part of, when I pick this song apart, outside of just the feeling of this song, I'm like, there's not a lot here. But then I'm like, yeah, but the feeling of this song is like your heart exploding because you're going 200 well, miles an hour. You know, like it's it, and the, like and the and like the reason, at least I think the reason that Outcome the Wolves is uh, one of the many reasons it sort of stands on its own. But like the reason it's the one, like it's the most feeling album. It really does get by so much on if 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 his voice cracked a little bit different if it, if they didn't. Like, it's such an accident. And I'll, I'll say it. Like, I think it's such an accidental work of genius. Like, Absol- it's a good band becoming a perfect band for an album. Because, yeah, it, like, it's a very talented band becoming a perfect, like, a perfection moment for them. Because of all that pressure. Because of all that interest in them. And they rose to the moment. And they also, I think, were really good at, like, either they or people around them were really good editors. Like, it's like, yeah. it's fucking, like... You know, I could definitely see the real story is just like fucking Star Wars. Like the every cut of Star Wars sucked until the three women got in got a hold of it and was like, no, cut fucking this, cut fucking this. We need good music. We gotta use it. You know, like they and then it was suddenly Star Wars, and you're like, Yes. And and you hear about seeing the first cuts and you're like, This is the worst fucking movie you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and then suddenly it's the light it changed everybody's life. You know what I mean? And you're like, Okay, I get it. You know, that's what happened, you know. And so like minor edits can be incredibly important and i think the sound that plays before um you know what's the one is it maxwell that starts with the like air conditioner sound at the beginning like what's the is it just the whole album starts with the air conditioner sound Does, yeah that I think like so. makes you sound is like it? you're in an alley or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, not qualified for this right. podcast whatsoever. Yeah, uh, I realized like, that eighty-something episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody understood. Uh, yeah. But like little things, the 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 intro to this this song being this old reggae song, you know, like having having the smarts to sequence things correctly, having these little moments of other things. Having you know the fortune to have what's his name on the fucking on um on Jim Carroll you know, like yeah Jim Carroll yeah I was like I was, uh, uh, like all this shit happened correctly it didn't right. happen because they were geniuses it just happened you know what I mean and you're, they 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 seem to be good at rolling with punches right like that if nothing else they're they're good at rolling with punches right and so I, I don't know like I it does seem like the lesson of this record is. Man, a lot of pressure. We probably can't do this forever, but good editing, good decision making. Not time to overthink a bunch of shit. Exactly, exactly, and not a lot of yet. Maybe less, fewer yes men, more people going this take, not this take. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we like the one where you fucking did the weird vocal thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that continued for a couple records. Yeah. Well, and because even the, like this is obvious, like even though they had a they they had gotten fairly big with let's go like this is the one that fucking rocketed them to the stratosphere so like they there i would guess there weren't as many hangers on and like all of those things yeah. around um yeah. i do think i you know i wonder because i and we've talked about it, we just talked about it like i think that this record it is a one in a fucking million chance that this record happened and exists as it does and yeah. 
I can only imagine what, how, what it must be like to do that, to create this thing and know that it, and maybe they don't know this, but I think they probably, they probably do like, and know that the, and it's the thing that everybody loves the most and you can never fucking do it again. And also know that it probably was this close at all times to just to falling off going to fucking a rails. Piece of shit. Yeah. Exactly. And all their friends, the the albums after they they did, you know, all these other records around them, they felt like they were hearing, oh, that one was gonna be the hit, and this one was gonna be the hit. And a lot of them were shit and the bands broke up. The fucking job records album. Yeah. You know, now we all know that Deer Use is probably a pretty great pop record, but like it also destroyed a band and they got chewed alive. And they were t- they, they were touring with Nirvana before that, you know, like, like, like they got shit for touring with Nirvana. Like, Oh, I know. That, that still blows my mind. I know. But like, um, the, it was a really volatile time and we have all this hindsight, but like everybody around them were told they were going to be the band that sold and got to eight on the charts and like all this stuff. Right. Like they all thought they were going to be that band. They all thought they were going to be offspring mm-hmm. and green day. And they were all told they were going to, and we, we don't even like, we can't even remember all the records that came out that were not good, yeah. that were overproduced, that were, that were pale imitations of what made the band good in the first place, you know, in the, in the punk rock scene, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, and all the cocaine and shitty A and R guys, and all the all the all the junk that happened because all that money coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, like they get held up. Maybe again, too much of this self, sto- you know, storytelling and hagiography hey, about all this stuff of like they defied the odds and blah blah blah, and they stayed with Epitaph yeah. and all this bullshit. But like, like you kind of build that story because you have to say there was a reason. It's like why successful people glom onto religion because there's got to be a reason i'm successful right like right. like it's like i can't <laughs> believe that i'm accidentally successful right right like it can't be that i just was in the right place at the right time because there's a lot of people you look around and you go there's a lot of people with talent it can't just be because i was in the right place at the right time and had talent and it's like uh, nah, it's probably yeah, true you know what i mean like it's a little bit of accident it's a little every like you have to have the talent first too most of the time but it's like you have to have that and a bunch of other shit has to go right and it's like, yeah, like knowing that, you know, and I think that's true. Like if you hear a lot of people talk who made anything of, of, of like kind of artistic monuments, right? Like a lot of movies, they go, I can't believe it. When I was watching, when we were in the mi- middle of making this, it felt like it was going to be the biggest piece of shit of all time. It was never going to come together in the edit. Uh, I thought people were going to die on set, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like, especially in like the wild west, you know, sort of seventies, sixties of movies, you know? And they were like, this didn't feel like, with hindsight, this feels like this important movie. When we were making it, it felt like I needed to go home. You know, like it didn't, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's so easy to tell these stories to ourselves about what important moments of art were. But really, there were probably just sleepless nights and a lot of stress. You know what I mean? (laughs) And like, it wasn't like they were like, we are making this great work of art. And it, you know, like it wasn't like that, you know. With so many things, I mean, you know, I not saying I've like done anything on the level of like alcohol or anything, but like even like you know, talking about running a label, something we both have a lot of experience. With. I, I think a lot of people who have no experience with it, it seems like oh, it's so cool. It's like it's a bunch of fucking like harassing people through email and like doing admin, like yeah, yeah. doing a lot of this stuff. It's just 
a grind. It is so much like small, like, okay, now I gotta save this file over here and now I gotta upload this file. Oh, I forgot I gotta email that guy this file. It's it's so much just moving shit around. And it, I I have a topic for us to talk about on our other thing. And it's about like how hard it is to get in the right mindset to actually hear a demo correctly. Oh, that's good. Um, somebody was talking to me about that. And it's like Okay, we'll keep that for else t- another time. But Yeah, sorry. But like <laughs> It's the same idea of like, how can I tell if this is going to translate well? Yeah. You know, it's so hard to tell. And so when you are making something, it's really, really hard to tell. Is it's going to be, it's the end result going to be great. And sometimes you have an inkling and you're like, this seems like it will turn out well. And sometimes that, that inkling betrays you completely. And sometimes you're like, oh, this is, this is so worth it. I was, I was completely right. You know, I was listening to the Elkhorn and Mike Gangloff record came out today. And I was just thinking about, like, I'm so glad I listened to my gut when I got the Elkhorn demo. You know what I mean? Like, those guys have blown up so much, you know, and I've had so many good experiences with them. And it's like, I got this random demo, and I've gotten a lot of random demos from pretty good guitar records in that scene and gone, I can't tell if these guys are real. I can't tell if this is as good as it feels, Uh you know, and I've gone, hmm, maybe. You know, and I but I went, no, this feels real. This feels mm-hmm. better than the average thing. You know, this feels really good, you know, and it's like, but how the fuck do you know? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fucking voodoo, man. It's just an email in your inbox. Like if I had been in that, if I had been in that scene, I would have known those guys and been like, sure. oh, these guys are real. But I wasn't. I wasn't on the East Coast. You know what I mean? Like, so like, I don't know. It's kind of wild. Yeah, well, and just to. I mean, and I think just to bring this back to Act from the Wolves, I mean, like, I think part of that is that because of the the compressed timeline and the pressure, like, I don't think they had time to think about any of that shit probably as much as you would. And so, yes, it's I, I, because like, and, and I mean, I'm the worst about like, I, I've talked about this before about like my own music. A lot of the time I need people to take it away from me. Like yeah. if I'm doing a record for you and it's at some point, somebody has to be like, okay, the, give me the masters. You're fucking done because I will just keep messing with it and keep. And at some point, like there's, there's the line of like, okay, it's not finished versus you're just fucking doing what, like yeah. your ADD is out of control. But like, I think for them, especially because I think you, the interesting thing is it took a couple records for that to like really set in with them. I think where they started to really overthink things and really like, mm-hmm. I think life won't wait is probably and well, I think that was just like this. It was this huge whirlwind, like world recording tour, you know, whatever. So it was just, I'm sure that didn't, fe- it didn't feel like they had infinite time. I think they were doing that in between tours and like it, it was bigger but I think it was still high pressure and, and pretty intense. Yeah. And then, but it's at some point you can, and I mean, it starts really indestructible and then really kicks into gear with dominoes. And well, you can watch it on the dominoes thing where they're like, we need to record a record on that, on that thing. And then they're like, well, let's decamp to Utah for like a month to just come up with some songs, I guess, you know, like it didn't like the pressure was off. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I mean, in, in terms of legacy of the song, the things that came up, you know, that are worth talking about was the whole beautiful story of the AEW wrestler. I know it's like one of my favorite things. Like, 
if anybody hasn't seen the podcast, so there's a wrestler who I don't know what she had a different name. She had Ruby Riot was her name, so it was right. kind of influenced by Ruby Soho. And then she and then and she was on the WWE, I think, and then left WWE and went to AW. And so obviously she couldn't take her name with her because of contractual stuff. But yeah, if you haven't seen the podcast where she's on there and Lars is on, I guess it's his. The one he's on, I don't know. I don't know shit about any of this stuff, but uh, which is again great that I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> and so they're talking to her about like, oh, you're going to Ada, you know, what what name are you going to use? And she's like, well, Lars is like, what? A, or I think the hosts were like, well, we have some names we came up for you, like you could, we were going to pitch you. And the first one, Lars is like, what about Ruby Soho? She's like, oh my god, like that would be. It's like this really endearing thing. You can tell it means a lot to her. And Lars is really stoked about it because Lars fucking loves wrestling. And he's like, oh, I can, you know, jokingly, like, I can clear the song. Like, I can make He's like, I can clear call. that in seconds. Yeah, like, give me a <laughs> and second. And then I think uh, her first, I think her first appearance at AEW, they played her, like, played her out. Like, played live and played the song. Which is just wild. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And sounded really good too when they did. I, I remember watching that and being like, "Man," because this is before the latest record came out, and it was like they they sound good. They seem like it's like okay, maybe we're and then whatever. But yeah, yeah. So I think that's like a big part of the like if you're especially if you're believing in the like redemption of of sort of late period rancid of being like better dudes, you know, like that sort of. Uh-huh. Like the the everything I've seen around Lars talking about wrestling, he just seems so much calmer and sweeter and nicer and 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 yeah. more in his element. And that's a, that times ten with that clip, you know. And and then them yeah. being able to play, it's like I'm sure that was cool for him to open up a you know a match at right. AEW, you know, like that's a cool thing for him too. And they like that he's kind of an ambassador, you know, for for stuff. So I mean, yeah, like. That's kind of, again, that's part of that, like, headcanon for sure. I don't know how much it's real mm-hmm. of Lars just kind of right embracing all the things he likes and calming the fuck down, you know? So. <laughs> right, right. Uh, famously, uh, Vampire Weekend covered this song, which was, like, super obvious because they just sounded like a ska band in the first place. And <laughs> kind of like they were, like, kind of post-clashy ska band. I thought it was so like it was it was such a funny thing to watch everybody react to it and like either be just like so because like that that's a very hated band already you know like they're kind of this like right college rock talking heads you know very like very problematic band from a lot of directions you know kind of Paul Simon Afro whatever you know um, they're they're fine again it's like. What? pick your places to be pissed off is always my my thing of like i don't know if <laughs> being pissed about vampire weekend gets anybody you know gets any solves anything right but um it was so funny to watch the reason people were mad was so different you know what i mean when i was watching people be mad about right. it because it's like oh right. rancid and like you know them admitting that they were basically a ska band at times was kind of this weird, like, oh, wait a second, I don't know if I can handle that, even though they're like their first song was obviously kind of a ska song. But then also, um, other people being like, oh, cool, you know, <laughs> right. so, that's kind of fun, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, and, and it was such like <laughs> you could just watch me, like, okay, 
that's a head, that's a head, that's a head. This person knows Rancid, you know, like, or, you know, and they, yeah. they might be more like, oh, Rancid deserves better than Vampire Weekend. Like, it was like all these different lines of demarcation were coming out just from that one cover, which I thought was really funny. Yes. And then the only other big one is, of course, which I think we'll talk about more next week, um, is uh, the Jimmy, Jimmy Cliff. Cliff did a wonderful, beautiful cover of it. One of the more soulful songs. Oh my gosh, it's so good. On that album. Yeah, on the album he did with Tim. Uh, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit next week. And so if you haven't heard that. Yeah. And if you haven't, if you haven't heard the Jimmy Cliff album, um, what's it called? Rebirth. Uh, Rebirth. It's yeah. really, it's like one of the best things know. Tim's it's, done. I was going to say, it's like a high point in Tim's artistic life. <laughs> I would say so. Like, I think it's the best. Is it the best thing Tim's done in the two thousands? I can't think of anything else that, would come close. Like, I think so. I mean, I guess it depends. Do like the 2000 come out in 2000? Okay. Yeah. yeah, Good point. Okay. But other than that, other than that, post rancid rancid. Yeah. I guess would be my cutoff after that album. Did he do anything better? I don't think he did. I don't think so. Yeah. No, it's, it's wonderful. I think it won a Grammy too. I think it did. Um, For the one he co-wrote with him too. Like, I think the song one, yeah. and I think the album one, even maybe. I think he won multiple yeah. times. So that's all, which is, yeah. But the Ruby Soho cover in particular is wonderful. And if you haven't heard that, um, you, you're do yourself a favor and go listen to it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, and I think we'll talk about it some more next week. So, good homework. Yeah. But I mean, this song still, like, most of the time when I, when it, I, those, that opening chord progression, the dun dun. I'm like, I get, I get stoked. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's a good, it's a good Matt it's a hell song. Of a song. It's like sneaky good Matt song. Mm-hmm. It's a sneaky it's, good Matt song. It's a good Brett song too. Like that, like I said that, like, I mean, again, like this whole, I, you can say this about like a dozen different things on this album. God, this is really good. But <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's just, it's a good one. I don't know, and it's, it just feels like a bottle rocket going off when you when you hit those destination unknowns and time to say goodbye parts. Like it just oh my god. There's, there's certain songs. The '90s were really good. Maybe this is just me being. Maybe I was about to say the most fucking self centered thing in the world, but the '90s were really good for fucking songs making it to the radio that were somewhat artful, but also were just 100% liquid teenage. Yeah angst you know what i mean like they really promoted it they didn't just make good songs like that they made it to fucking billboard you know what i mean like there's this sort of like right yeah like i know that there was like this like emo resurgence that i missed in the early 2000s great it wasn't fucking like on the top 10 it wasn't you know what i mean like it wasn't right you know and i know the 80s had a lot of great stuff but it was on college rock you know what i mean there was this amazing like wave that crested in the mid nineties where it was just these songs that were just killer, you know? Yeah. And this, I mean, and this is like right in there of one of, uh, one of the best examples of that, I think. Um, and yeah, I mean, God, it's almost 30 years old and it's still. So, yep. Well, is there anything else we have? I mean, I could talk about outcome the wolves forever, but I, I ain't got time. I think we've done it. I think (laughs) we've done it to death. Yeah. I think we've done it. I mean, yeah. So, um, all right, everybody. 
Thank you, of course, for listening. Next week is our mailbag. By the time you hear this, we may have recorded it. I don't know. Uh, feel free to send in questions, and we're still going to have, you know, there's still one more episode after that, which is the obvious endpoint journey to the end of the East Bay. So if you got any Outcome of the Wolves thoughts, we can probably work them in there too, because I think we'll. Uh, we'll probably have some other stuff we're going to talk about there too that is a little more wide ranging but yeah send in your mailbag shit and see you in the pit <laughs>